grand fanfare welcome to our podcast, Keeping Up With The Windsors, dedicated to the royal family. Each episode will be crammed to the rafters with opinions, news and commentary on the comings and goings of the family of Windsor. With your hosts and royal fangirls, Rachel Andrews and Michelle Thole. So grab yourself a cuppa, straighten up your tiara, shine your knighthood, round up your corgis and and let's keep up with the Windsors. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Keeping Up With The Windsors. My name is Michelle. And I'm Rachel. Hello everyone and welcome. Thank you so much for being here and for listening to this episode. We have a bumper packed episode today, haven't we, Rach? Yeah, we've actually had a bit of royal news this week, which has been quite surprising. Um, Summer's nearly over, isn't it? So we'll be seeing more in-person engagements taking place, which would be fun for us. Yeah, we are edging closer to September when engagements start up again. But it's also really nice for them to have a holiday. They work so hard throughout the year. And I thought I'd just give you a little sneak peek to let you know that we didn't have any news of the Princess Royal this week. So we hope she's on holiday. We got our (laughs) fingers crossed that she is on holiday. You know, it was her birthday last week. So let's hope that she is actually on holiday this week. I thought we'd just let you in on a little thing that's coming up in the next two weeks we are going to be dropping the first crown special coming up in two weeks time we're going to be breaking down series one the reason being is because i'm going on holiday so we're not going to do an episode that week so we're going to do our crown special uh episode that week so keep an eye out for that well (laughs) because there's absolutely nothing going on in me and rachel's life right now we're going to go straight into the royal roundup let's do it (laughs) The Royals were celebrating World Photography Day and it's not only the Duchess of Cambridge with a keen eye for photography, Her Majesty loves taking photos too. And we saw a few photos of the Queen taking pictures on the socials this week, didn't we? Yeah. And did you see the pictures they showed? It was like one of those weird things where you're seeing a picture of the Queen taking a picture. And I'm like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) It was one of those things. Like if you're watching television and someone on the television is watching television and you look through that television, it felt like one of those like optical illusions. What's interesting is if you look back at photographs from particularly the 1950s and the 1960s, you see the Queen with the old style of cameras. Mm. And the Queen was actually gifted a video camera by her father wasn't she she was and in a documentary way back when on the bbc it showed some of the footage as well that the queen had taken from this video camera and what i also wanted to see on the socials which obviously we didn't get shown was what she was taking a picture of i would have loved to have seen what exactly she was taking a picture of in these pics but yeah so that was um, a really good way of celebrating world photography day and on the cambridge's socials they gave a nod to the hold still project obviously and they shared images from 10 of the young finalists in the Hold Still project, which they're available to see at the National Gallery and also to buy the Hold Still book as well. So, Which I hope is open because last time I went past the um, National Gallery, it was closed, mm. maybe because of COVID and um, because I would have liked to have gone in there and seen the pictures myself. So hopefully it's open now. Yeah, and fingers crossed next time we're in London, Rachel, we'll be able to, you know, pop in and actually have a look. Because I really want to see them in real life. On the Clarence House socials this week, we had more pictures from inside Clarence House and the beautiful garden room created by Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother, which can be viewed via the Google Arts Culture Link 
um, which you're going to put in the show notes, right, Michelle? Yeah, that's right. So anything that I'll mention today in today's podcast, any patronages, charities or links, they'll all be in the show notes for you. I'm loving seeing these Clarence House posts. Yeah, because we had the gardens last week and this week we had the garden room. Mm. And also in there is kind of dedicated to music and they've got the Prince of Wales harp in there and it had like daffodils and the I think there was a dragon on there as well it's just beautiful really lovely yeah stunning piece we also learned about the Queen's involvement with over 500 patronages and charities on the royal socials and they highlighted her dedication to musical institutions and her support of musicians throughout her reign and we've seen this haven't we Rach I mean she's had the Diamond Jubilee concert even the garden party party for the golden jubilee royal variety performances the amount of eclectic music she must have listened to in the whole of her life in different you know different commonwealth countries like music is such a big part of being a royal isn't it yeah most definitely and i think um like you just said different um languages as well like it just must be so interesting when they get to visit these countries and experience these cultures that must ju- that must just be such a joy to hear yeah what is lovely about music is it's such an expression of the soul and the culture in which you're from. So it really speaks straight to the heartstrings of the Queen by listening to the music straight away of that culture that she's visiting. We had some welcome news this week that the changing of the guard has officially started back in all of its splendour and pomp and ceremony at Buckingham Palace. Yay! And this ceremony has not been carried out since March 2020, obviously because of COVID. Yeah, the full ceremony hasn't. It, 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 they've had the change of the guard but not with the whole of the the pomp and ceremony and the band of the Coldstream guards and the band of the scots guards played spandau ballet song gold gold as a special tribute to the tokyo 2020 paralympic games which started this week oh, i'm so excited i've been watching the paralympics this week have you managed to catch any footage no i haven't seen any of it to be fair um i need to catch up on it i think in, i think britain has won a gold yes in the swimming and i watched it this morning ellen Keane won the gold for um great britain and I was just like, yay! It was so brilliant. I just, like I say, I've, I've said it on previous episodes before, but I do love the Olympic Games. Yeah, and talking of the Games, actually, Prince Edward, who is patron of the Great Britain and Northern Ireland Paralympic team, gave a vibrant good luck video message to those competing for Team GB. And he said, we want you to go out there and to achieve your best, make us proud and inspire the next generation of athletes with a disability. Did you see this video, Rach? Yeah, I did actually he cracked a few jokes it was brilliant (laughs) I feel like we need to see more of um, Prince Edward's personality because we don't really get to see a lot of him on engagements because him and Sophie haven't got their own Instagram account or their own social media platform yeah sometimes we don't get the full effect of what they are like as people yeah and he's he's like I say he is very vibrant he he was kind of like nodding his head quite a lot like back and forth I was like oh my goodness me he's got lots of energy I love it in last week's roundup, we talked about Prince Charles speaking out about the devastating fires in Greece. And this week, he wrote an article for the Daily Mail about Greece's plight, the extreme weather events and its connection to climate change. And he wrote, I have long felt the challenge is far too big and far too important for any one country to address it alone. British firefighters are doing what they can to help in Greece, but we all need to race to the front line now to combat climate change as a whole. And we also found out this week that Charles privately donated to the 
Red Cross. And we found this out from the president of the Hellenic Red Cross. And he said, we are immensely grateful for His Royal Highness's kind donation. We hold a great affection towards His Royal Highness, given his close family links with the country. And the HRC will continue to work tirelessly for the people of Greece. So this wasn't acknowledged by Clarence House social media, but that is confirmation that, again, privately donated. But if that was never said, we wouldn't have known about that, would we? Yeah, and we did actually talk about that in last week's episode, whether, uh, for instance, people were having a go at the royal family for just giving out their condolences and their support. But we don't actually know what's going on behind the scenes. You know, Harry was doing a, a polo match. Um, I think it was last week, wasn't it, for Centreball? And he, they raised like over a million pounds, for, um, a million dollars, should I say, for that charity. And, you know, this is this is their life. Their life is about bringing awareness and creating and donating money. Fair enough. Yeah. It, um, that was a private donation. And we also have found out as well that Prince Charles had given a private donation to the um, the Asian Trust, wasn't it? A couple of weeks ago? Yes. Uh, well, a couple of yeah, months ago, I did. think it was. So um, how, how can I put it? We only find out about these things if the charity divulges that information that you do the kind thing not to get the reward. You do the kind thing to help somebody. So by shouting it out loud and proud what you're doing. Yeah, and it would, um, be, and it would be a bit crass, wouldn't it, if, um, if it was announced every time that any member of the royal family had made a donation. Yeah. It would be seen as, oh, well, you're only, you're only saying that, so that it looks like you're doing a good job. Yeah. When in actual fact, behind the scenes, these charities that they support, yes, they give their time and they give their acknowledgement and their... Um, well, they give their life as well, don't they? They give their name and their brand to help to yeah. create awareness for that patronage or charity. So we have heard a lot from the Duchess of Cornwall this week, firstly on Gardener's World and also speaking about the wonderful work of the National Literacy Trust and also International Dogs Day. So, Rach, what have you got on the Duchess of Cornwall? Yeah, so did you watch the Gardener's World programme with Monty Don? Um, I didn't do my homework. No, I haven't watched it. I, I was supposed to watch it and I haven't watched it yet. I've seen some of the clips, but I haven't actually watched it. So I fast forwarded it to when the Duchess of Cornwall was on. Obviously. Obviously. And I was a bit disappointed that they um, weren't touring Highgrove Garden. They were actually touring Monty Don's Garden. I would have liked to have seen Highgrove or another royal residence. You really have an obsession with Highgrove though, Rach. <laughs> I love Highgrove. I've just, I think I've, it's because like in, in the past when I've seen pictures of it, the actual house itself and the gardens that surround it, it's just a quintessential British country house. And it's one of those houses where if I won the lottery, that would be like a house that I would live in. That's exactly what I was just about to say. It's like your dream house. Yeah. Yeah. When she was speaking, we found out that she loves delphiniums and dahlias and she's not a neat gardener and she likes everything to grow wild. And if you've seen pictures of Highgrove, for example, um, over the years, Prince Charles has planted these flowers and now has this beautiful meadow of wildflowers. And it just looks absolutely incredible. See, I'm the type of gardener who loves a wild garden, not messy, mm. but wild like it looks as if I haven't planted it, but it still looks like it's been planted. Yeah, God, that doesn't make sense. But <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, she loves the smell of orange blossom as it means that spring is on its way. 
And she describes her garden as her sanctuary. And she actually spoke about how gardening became a spiritual experience for many during the pandemic, which I can I can understand. I, I've said before, I haven't got a garden. I live in a flat, but it's nice to be outside and within nature and just experience all that nature has to offer. Yeah. And I think you said as well during the pandemic, Rach, that you would you were walking around your there's like a lake close to where you live mm. and you were walking yeah. around there and that brought you some comfort and some, you know, mental well-being. So you don't really have to have a garden as such. You can still go out to a green area where you live and still have the same joy, I guess. Maybe not the privacy, but still the same joy. Yeah. And uh, this definitely is a passion that she shares with Prince Charles. And I can just imagine them when they have free time, not that they have a lot, but in my mind, they on a on a Sunday afternoon, they might do a bit of potting in the shedding or a bit of, yeah. bit of planting of the bulbs. Yeah. Um, and also on the reading room, there was a lovely quote, which I wrote down. And I thought I'd say Camilla had said, my idea of perfection is sitting in a garden on a lovely evening with a book. And I kept thinking, in Britain? <laughs> in the evening? Lovely. <laughs> Mostly raining, but we will go with it. But it's true though, isn't it? And I think um, having having a shared passion with your partner is, is just, it connects you in a way that, um, and actually I think it brings longevity to your relationship as well. We also saw her speaking on her Duchess of Cornwall reading room. And she is the patron of the National Literacy Trust. And she was talking about the Books Unlocked initiative, which takes authors into prisons to talk about their books for people who can't read or write. And it gives inmates, she said, another dimension to their prison lives. So I think this is a great initiative. And yeah, and actually, again, this is another example of had the Duchess of Cornwall not been a part of this, I would know nothing about this. And I no. think this is absolutely wonderful. Absolutely brilliant. And today we celebrate International Dog Day. Yeah, we love dogs. Oh my goodness, we love dogs. Oh, we absolutely love dogs. You know, our icon for the podcast is a corgi. We love dogs. So Clara's house poses some great photos of Charles and Camilla, and we saw a lovely video of Camilla's dog Beth unveiling a plaque. And and Camilla's dogs, Beth and Bluebell, were actually adopted from Battersea Dogs Home. Oh, honestly, I'm going to make a bold statement. You ready? This is a massive bold statement from me. Go on. This video of Beth, the dog, unveiling the plaque. So she had to grab hold of like a little um, tag. I'm sure it had a dog treat on it. (laughs) And she had to pull it. And then the curtain came off the plaque. And honestly... The, I, I've watched that just as many times as the uh, Duchess at uh, the <laughs> the 10 year anniversary from William and Catherine. <laughs> and my bold statement is I think that tops that video for me. I'm like, oh. yes, Beth is the star of the show. Honestly, Beth is the star. Yeah. Happy International Dogs Day. Wow. Brilliant. Oh, so cute. And the Duchess took over from the Queen as patron of the Animal Care Trust which raises funds to improve and enhance hospital equipment and facilities and supports pioneering research into animal treatments. Yeah, and it's connected with the um, Royal Veterinary College, isn't it? The Animal Care Trust. Yes. And they also highlighted a charity which we love and has spoken about before on the podcast, Medical Detection Dogs. Oh, we love this charity. Absolutely wonderful charity. So yeah, so quite a lot from the Duchess of Cornwall this week. Yeah, absolutely. And what what I love is all of the socials are about her passions 
animals, gardening, and books. Wonderful, absolutely fantastic way of highlighting who she is and what she loves and then helping others in those areas. So good on her. Good on her. Good on her. Yes. Right. That is the Royal Roundup. Let's get on to the Royal Community questions for the week. So this week we asked you what you thought about the new Diana musical. It sounds really weird just saying that. It does, yeah. <laughs> Which is going to be on Netflix. Yeah, we've had some really interesting comments. Duchess.Catherine.2011. Obviously, these are all the Instagram user handles. I just wish people would let Diana, uh, Lady Diana rest in peace. Royal Jet Set said, not thrilled, but I will watch it. From Burkle with Love said, please, not another Netflix fan fiction. And then she was like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Cambridge underscore forever. I am excited, but not hyped. I have no idea, but I will definitely watch. We will see. Yeah. And Font and Cat said entirely unnecessary. Will probably be cheesy. Hmm. That's quite an interesting uh, take. Yeah. And Prince underscore Charles underscore Camilla said, I'm done with Diana. It's been 25 years. When will they stop? When will they stop it? And Danny B1985 said, I feel bad for William. He's asked for people to stop all this. The royal family fan supporter. I think it's a bit unnecessary knowing that every time a movie, series or something like that, that features Diana, it's always the same narrative and doesn't explore more other aspects from Di's life. Yeah, the V show in Knoxville said very bad taste. And Mum for DK said, let her rest in peace. I think enough tea has been brewed on this pot. Oh, that is a very good, <laughs> That's a good comment. That. Yeah, it is. That's what you think, Royal Community. So what do we think? Michelle, do you want to go first? Well, I'd never even heard of it until you'd set, you'd put a thing up in our Slack channel, Rach. I was like, what? What's going on? Um, <laughs> so, and I kept thinking that, these royal responses that we had from you the royal community was to do with the spencer uh movie but i was wrong um and then i had a quick look and i want to be very honest and say musicals are not my favorite art form i will go and see some but i really either love a musical or hate it i'm never in the middle with the musical so i'm either gonna love this or hate this so for instance I hated Hamilton. I hated Hairspray. I hated Dirty Dancing, but I loved The Bodyguard. I loved The Lion King. I'm a bit hit or miss when it comes to musicals. So I'm either going to love it or hate it, but I will watch it. And it's going to be interesting to see how and what they take from it. But then also I think to myself, maybe I shouldn't watch it because as one of the royal community rightly said, William has asked for this stuff not to happen. So maybe I'm just fanning the flame. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, again, I've never really heard of Diana the musical. I, I think it's just weird that we're saying those words. Yeah. <laughs> Her life is being made into a musical, considering she only passed away over 20 years ago. It seems a bit close to the bone still. I can understand, you know, there are different art forms and portrayals, but whenever I've seen people in history, it's always hundreds of years after they've passed away. Mm. so this feels still quite although it's been like someone said in the royal community nearly 25 years 
it's still quite fresh. Uh, but also, I think it is fresh because she turned, well, she would have turned 60 this year. The Diana statue has been unveiled. So she's very fresh in our minds at the moment as well. Yeah. And I think we've just watched a few of the clips. <laughs> we've been kind of laughing at them because some of them, like, obviously it is a musical and it's like, Diana, we love Diana. <laughs> it's very, yeah. It's very like, oh my gosh. I mean, Will I watch it? Probably just to spark my interest and intrigue into what it, what it will be. But will I enjoy it? Mm, probably not. I don't know. It's a strange one, isn't it? So I guess we'll we'll have to see. Is it in bad taste? No, I don't think it's in as bad taste as the Prince cartoon. That's awful, in my opinion. Yeah. But that's just because it's to do with a child, not because it's um it shouldn't be done. You know, I think art form is art form and whatever. But I think also as well, maybe you don't get a full experience when it's on TV, like if you're watching it on Netflix. Because you did say, didn't you, that it's on Broadway. Yes, yeah, so they uh, released a tweet and it said, Netflix film, debut on, on Netflix before opening on Broadway, the first of its kind landmark musical event brings us face-to-face with one of the 20th century's most compelling figures, Princess Diana. Let's also be very realistic. Not all musicals are created equal. I mean, Fever Forever, which was based on a Spice Girls story, that didn't last long. There was also a musical on Take That. That didn't last long, even though I love Take That and Spice Girls. So who knows what is going to happen with this musical moving forward. It could, you know, really captivate audiences or it literally could turn people off depending. But I think it depends as well on how they do it. I mean, we watch this space. This week we had the film poster for the Spencer film and it was quite intriguing actually, Rach. We had a image of, I'm guessing, Kristen Stewart dressed in this beautiful dress, but looking away from the camera. So you see the back end of um, Kristen Stewart portraying Diana. I thought it was very, um, well, actually, I don't know what I think about it. I think I've, I was a bit disappointed by it, to be honest. Yeah, it's a bit strange that you can't see her face in the photo. Mm. like we've said it before we're not massive fans of Kristen Stewart we've got a bad taste after Twilight (laughs) (laughs) let's let's put it very very bluntly we are massive Twilight fans but we're not Kristen Stewart fans yes that is correct um but like you said it was a stunning dress yeah and I also read this week that it's going to depict a time over three days in 1991 yeah I've heard that it's going to be like a weekend at like one of the castles or something yeah actually let me get the actual bit because I, I I took a picture of it yesterday so we got a bit of context um the movie takes place across the course of three days and follows Diana Prince Charles and the rest of the royal family as they spend Christmas as Sandrine Estate in December in 1991 and Kristen Stewart actually has been talking about the film this week and she said it's a physical assertion of the sum of her parts which starts with her given name Spencer it's a harrowing effort for her to return to herself as Diana strives to hold on to what the name Spencer means to her and she said I remember imagery from the funeral as a really little kid I remember being really viscerally affected by that so they're really going hamming on Diana uh with all the culture stuff coming up recently. What, why is that? Yeah, it's like, it's Diana Overload. I think maybe it is because it's, you know, it would have been her 60th birthday. And yeah, I just, it was like, whoa, it was the one, 
one day it was the musical the next day it was the poster <laughs> when's it stopping it's never stopping is it it's never going to stop yeah let's put it in very PR terms and very marketing terms this is a very crucial time this year and next year in particular for all things royal because there's going to be so many eyeballs on the royal family as the queen's platinum jubilee uh, you know comes ever closer to us I mean maybe it's got something to do with that I don't know let's answer some of these questions from the royal community Rach we're going to start off with underscore lee underscore bay and she said would you like to be part of the royal family would you rather be born into it or marry a royal so what's what's your answer there to that question I think it's definitely one thing being born into it because you don't know any different to another thing to marry into it Obviously, you'd like the upside of it of meet, meeting all these incredible people around the world, helping organisations and charities, wearing incredible outfits, having access to stunning pieces of jewellery. But then you have got the other side, the flip side of it, where it's constant scrutiny, constant press intrusion, constant gossip mongers. I mean, let's be real. We're amongst those people. We're, we've got a podcast talking about them. So I think, you know, there are there is like a flip side to both. I think it is definitely harder if you were to marry into that because you would have known a certain type of life before and then to go from that life where you're, um, inverted commas, you know, not a nobody, what's like a normal person that's not in the public eye, a civilian, yeah. Yeah. To go to your name and your image plastered across the world. It must be incredibly difficult. Mm. and I don't know if I could handle that I mean I think the main thing is if you're going to marry into the family is if you you've really got to love that person because that's your life at the end of the day your life on a plate for the public basically yeah you can't marry in and then opt out you, you you're in it you're in it and I think you know it's very stifling it's a it's a stifling experience I assume would I like to be part of the royal family knowing what I know now no but before when I didn't know much about the royal family I would have said yes like oh yeah, that sounds really good like well you go into like a, a royal <laughs> train and you get first class everywhere and you wear tiaras and it seemed just really glamorous and really fun and like you get to travel the world and meet loads of people and uh, you get the best seats everywhere. But now knowing what they do on a day-to-day basis, they work so hard. Yeah, I, I wouldn't like that life for myself. You know, it, it is a life of duty. It's not, it's not anything that you create for yourself. It's created for you. And that lack of control for me would be really, like I said, stifling, be very stifling. I think a point that you just made, Rach, which I think is so extremely important is you cannot buy privacy and secrecy. And also you can't buy space. People, there's people all over the world that know you. And regardless, like even when, I think I mentioned this before, but even when Prince William and, and Catherine went on holiday in France, they got papped. You know, she was topless. She got papped. It was so like, you can't get a minute's peace anywhere. You can't do what you want to do. And I, for that reason, I'm out. For that reason, I'm out. I don't want to be part of it. Okay, would I rather be born into it or married? I think I'd probably like to be born into it because you just don't know any different. And that would be so much better than knowing a life, like you said, knowing a life beforehand and then 
what you've got yourself into with the duty of it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's my answer. No is the answer. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I think it's quite different for the likes of, say, Megan and Catherine compared to Jack Brooksbank and Edo, who are married to Princess Eugenie and Beatrice. Yeah. Princess Eugenie and Beatrice are not on the same level of scrutiny as what Catherine and Megan are. So they probably leave a semi-relatively normal life compared to other members of the family. So again, I think it is dependent on who you are and who you're marrying. Danny B1985 has asked us, do we have any visits to royal households coming up? So Rachel, are we going to any royal households soon? Oh yes, we have. We have booked in. <laughs> we have booked in to go back to Windsor Castle. As we mentioned before, we've previously gone in October. And when you go, you receive a ticket where you can go back again for free in the same year. Um, so yeah, so we're going in a couple of weeks' time yeah. and we're going to see the Prince Philip exhibition, which we're really excited about. Yeah, definitely. And also we are looking into doing a walking tour of Highgrove in the autumn it's not confirmed yet we're not quite sure whether we we will do it but it's something that's on our radar that if we can we will because we want to do Clarence House but it's closed yeah hopefully you know and obviously we know Rachel is fangirling hard over the Highgrove Gardens and this would be a wonderful way to see it really yeah definitely and um yeah I had to google earlier where Highgrove was (laughs) (laughs) in Gloucestershire isn't it Gloucestershire yeah I don't know how long it takes to get there but (laughs) rightio so let us know how you're feeling about the royals what do you think about the Diana musical what do you think about the Spencer film coming up would you be part of the royal family would you rather be born into it or marry into it and do you have any royal visits coming up let us know guess what we've got email keeping up with the Windsor's pod at gmail.com or come on over to our Instagram keeping up with the Windsor's pod and let us know everything let us know your opinions about everything we've discussed today so that's it for this week thank you so much for listening and hopefully you're tuning next week to keeping Keeping up up with the Windsor's. Windsor's